It has been nearly 100 years since Macy's launched its Thanksgiving Day Parade outside the department store's flagship Herald Square location in 1924. Since then, it has become the world's largest parade and has delighted untold millions since NBC began to broadcast the event in 1952. For many families, it has become an annual tradition to watch the parade as they prepare the Thanksgiving feasts, the official unofficial kickoff to the holiday season. While many elements make the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade special, one of the most important are the giant balloons featuring iconic characters that have been a hallmark of the event since the late 1920s. Now, as the parade nears its centennial, the great pop culture debate wants to determine what is the best Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon of all time. I feel uniquely qualified to discuss this topic, as I am also large, thin-skinned, and full of hot air. Game recognized game. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panelists for this episode. What's that in the sky? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's probably ultimately bad for the environment. It's Andrea Guerrero. Eric, would you believe me if I told you that that's not the first time someone said that to me? <laughs> um, I would believe you. And uh, in case we're trying to figure out our own carbon footprints, I wear a size 11.5. Now, after 70 years, she can- still can't kick that damned football. It's Joelle Bodecker. Good grief, Eric. Thank you for continuing to come back to the show, even though we pay you peanuts. <laughs> and finally, even with 90 handlers, she'd still fly into a lamppost. It's Carissa Claus. Wait, who put that there? <laughs> and here I thought you were a no-strings-attached kind of girl. And Bob Erlenbeck is in the producer booth, wondering where the nuts went. They must have blown away. Shout out to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation for that deep cut. And on that note, make sure you check out our best holiday film episode for more holiday cheer. In the interest of time, and it is the holidays after all, we're going to skip the preamble, which you can now find in a bonus episode on our feed. But do head to greatpopculturedebate.com and find the listener brackets for this episode so you can play along at home. You'll also find a, a slideshow with all the round one matchups and photos of them so you can make your picks. I also want to quickly give a shout out to the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade Wiki on fandom.com. I don't know who is behind that site, but it is a wealth of information, photos, videos, and more. If you love the parade and want to learn more about it, I cannot recommend it enough. What a terrific resource, and whoever is behind it, you are an icon. With that out of the way, let's move on to these debates. First, it was a unanimous victory for the many incarnations of Snoopy, a one seed, which proved that dogs and cats still can't live together as it chased Sanrio's Hello Kitty, a four seed, right out of our bracket. Next, in a battle of cartoon stars from yesteryear, the majority of the panel wants to keep following the moose tracks of two seed Bullwinkle, but Joel is looking to poke holes in his chances by pushing forward three seed Woody Woodpecker. Hokey smoke! Andrea, explain why you are still pursuing moose and squirrel by speaking for Bullwinkle. Only one person can defend Woody, and guess who? It's Joel. Joel, you go first. <laughs> um, I think Woody Woodpecker is iconic to the parade. He has had more accidents than just about any <laughs> balloon <laughs> in history. I might be wrong about that, at least at that point in time. I think maybe there have been certain ones even more. Um, in the 80s, Goodyear said, no, no, we're not going to make him. He's not aerodynamic. He's going to flop around. They were <laughs> they were right. Uh, <laughs> um, if anyone had watched Seinfeld in 1994, you will remember Mr. Pitt loved Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's my best. That can be it's fun. good. Yeah. <laughs> and he wanted to carry, he wanted to be a handler for Woody, Woody, Woody Woodpecker. Wow, that's going to be hard to say. Um, I think he has a really strong history. He was, he was out there for 15 years before they finally retired him again because of all the accidents and there were new like policies or whatever that he no longer met the criteria for. Um, but yeah, I, and he's Woody Woodpecker and he's a childhood beloved. Not that well, Bullwinkle isn't. So this is obviously like love versus love here. But go on, Andrea. <laughs> um, before we do that, I just want to check. Uh, Woody Woodpecker actually didn't appear until fairly late, right? Because he's a, he's a character from 60s maybe, but he didn't show up until like the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah, took yeah. them a while again because they were like avoiding it, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. So Andrea, talk to us a little bit about Bullwinkle. Uh, we refer to him by his full name, Bullwinkle J. Moose, here on this Thank podcast. You. Um, respect. <laughs> put some respect on his name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bullwinkle, I personally, just from my own nostalgia, and really that's what this episode is all about, yeah. um, is one of my more memorable balloons. Um, it's one of the 
first cartoons that I really remember watching, like with my parents, because it was one of those cartoons that like adults could watch too, along with their kids. Um, and uh, like a lot of balloons in this bracket, Bullwinkle went through the ringer. He had several injuries. He uh, lost his left foot at one point, his nose deflated at one point, and my man just trucked on both times. Um, and he was his, his final iteration. He was around for 11 years, 1999 through, uh, nope, that's not right. One year, 1999 through 2000. I read that entirely wrong. Um, but still he was around for the late nineties, which I feel like is pretty impressive for a cartoon as old as Bullwinkle. Um, and he wasn't even discarded until I think it said 2005 or 2006. They really wanted to bring him back for the 70th anniversary of the Macy's day parade, but he was just too frail. He had too many injuries and, um, you know, who could blame him? He went through it and we love him for it. He also, he existed earlier too. There was a sixties version of Bullwinkle. Was there not? Why do I keep saying Bullwinkle? Bullwinkle. Bullwinkle. Yeah. 61 was his first appearance. Because I am secretly Russian secret agent. There was like a decade or something in between two of his iterations. Yeah. So he, he he's kind of legacy in, in, in of itself. Um, yeah. Great. So uh, Carissa, where are you on this one? Uh, so I initially had gone with Bullwinkle specifically because of the stripey shirt, because I just really like that there's a a giant balloon with a striped shirt, but I don't know. I think Joel has swayed me on the Woody Woodpecker uh, 15 appearances and multiple accidents argument. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Woody here. Is oh, it, we is have it percentage. It's like accidents per appearance. Like it's, <laughs> maybe he's at like a 40% or something. <laughs> I would, I would like to ask, do we know if uh, Woody was ever the lead balloon? In the parade, because mm. oh. Bullwinkle J. Moose was the lead balloon three times, not wow. once, twice, Holy thrice. Christ. That's right. I think oh, that's a good rebuttal. I can find that's out. That's a rebuttal. Yeah, go for it, Joel. But Joel. With how many total experiences? But still, I mean, but because Woody is high alumni up there, fifteen is a lot. Well, I will say Bullwinkle had twenty-six appearances because he had five <sighs> decades to get through all that. Um, yeah. So three out of 20. That's a lot of appearances, though. Shit. All right. So, well, I'm going to stick with my change to Woody. Okay. Eric, it's on you. That's fine. I appreciate that. So as you will find in this episode, um, this is one of our most esoteric episodes you've ever done. Um, our rubrics are wildly different. And um, a nostalgia plays a huge impact in this one. This is ostensibly a nostalgia debate. Um, so if you're listening at home being like, how the hell are they making these decisions? We're just going with it, folks. We're just having fun. Um, it's a parade. We love a parade. Um, I am sticking with Bullwinkle here uh, for the legacy of it all. And also, I believe he's one of the only balloons that all four of us actually voted for on our mm. brackets. I believe that is true. There were very few of them. And Bullwinkle was one of them. Um, in, in the case of a tie, uh, normally we do the tiebreakers. I usually go first. So I will use my tiebreaker here to push Bullwinkle forward. But uh, great job, Joel. Swing a vote to, to Woody's <laughs> side. Um, with that being said, we'll move uh, Bullwinkle into round two. Next, they're big, they're red, and our panel is evenly split between them. It's four-seed Spider-Man and one-seed Clifford the Big Red Dog. Carissa, explain why reading is fundamental, and that's why we should keep Clifford in the bracket. I'll do whatever a spider can to web up some votes for Spidey. Um, I'll go ahead and go first on this one. So one of the things that I think were, and I just mentioned this, we're seeing in this debate is that tastes were probably heavily influenced by what we were into as kids. And as a lifeline comic geek, when that Spider-Man balloon debuted in 1987, I can tell you it blew my little mind. While Spider-Man is omnipresent in pop culture now, he has umpteen movies, cartoons, video games, a Disney theme park ride, merchandise out the wazoo. In 1987, that was not at all the case. He was Marvel Comics' most recognizable character, but that was based on his comic series, a long-running newspaper comic comic strip, his electric company TV segments, and the Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon, which was amazing. Uh, but this 
something this mainstream was a very big deal for the character. And the balloon was awesome. The original Spider-Man balloon, which appeared in the parade from 1987 to 1998, was 78 feet long and designed by legendary Spider-Man artist John Romita Sr., who he just lost in 2023. The second Spider-Man debuted uh, in 2009 and appeared through 2014. And while it was fine, I think it lost some of the majesty of the original Romita-inspired balloon. Spidey was named the official superhero of the Macy's Parade in 1988. Sorry about it, Superman. And that year, the balloon was equipped with a Spidey cam so the parade viewers at home could see the parade route through Spidey's eyes. The vulture could never. With that being said, I'll turn it over to Carissa to talk about Clifford. I mean, that's great and all, Eric, but Clifford is the second only life-size balloon to actually <laughs> fly the parade. The number, the first one is Dino, the dinosaur from 63, which is actual size brontosaurus. As an adult who works in publishing, I just want to say that most kids don't know who publishers are, but you know who Scholastic is because you went to the book fair and Scholastic sponsored Clifford the Big Red Dog, who debuted in 1990. And on his debut, he got to lead the parade. So it's a big deal. Um, He... Uh, this was actually a really hard matchup for me because as will probably become clear as we move along, I like the low profile long balloons. Like I love how Spider-Man feels like he's flying over the city and like Clifford is sort of doing the same thing. He's in a very similar pose, but you know, dog version. Um, And if we want to argue about realism, this is the most realistic of the balloons that we will likely talk about because literally he is a life-size version of it. And as a child, you know, here is the thing, the cartoon, the book that you dream about in life-size. You actually get to see it in comparison to human beings. And that just blew my little mind. So I'm I'm with Clifford here. He's the best. I love the argument that it's actually life-size Clifford, and that does change the math here because I didn't realize that's like the only real representation you get of how big Clifford is. Andrea, where are you on this one? I had originally voted for Spider-Man just because I I do think that that balloon is um, really recognizable within the parade. Um, But yeah, thinking about Clifford the Big Red Dog, actually being Clifford, the big red dog out on uh, the street. That's a pretty easy switch for me. Um, And I also, my hot take of the episode, uh, Spider-Man is the Luke Skywalker of comic books in that I don't like him. So (laughs) (laughs) we are going to switch to Clifford. He's also like Luke Skywalker in that he was also going to Toshi Toshi Station for some power converters. And look what happened. Uh, Thank you. Joelle, where are you? Oh, I'm very much with Clifford. I I was amazed by him at that scale. And I didn't even know at the time that he was life size. Didn't occur to me because he came out of the book. But, you know, it's great. I love that. Awesome. All right. So that is three for Clifford. He will advance to round two. Sorry, Spidey. I let you down again. Uh, next, the majority of the panel wants to keep flying the skies with three seats, Super Grover. But I want to throw it way back with one of the OG Macy's balloons, the ever iconic Mickey Mouse, a two seed. Joelle, cape for votes for Super Grover. I will explain why we need to keep the mouse in the house as we go forward. And I think since I'm the odd one out here, I'll go first. I'm frankly gagged that Mickey is on the ropes here. Is Super Grover cute and whimsical? Sure. But Mickey is a legend, both in real life and in the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. It's no contest for me. How much of a legend? Mickey has had four different balloons in the parade, the first debuting in 1934. Let me repeat that. 19... 34. That's just six years after the parade debuted, and he is one of the first branded characters to receive a balloon in the parade. If there is a pioneer for the sponsored balloon field, it's Mickey. Mickey's first balloon was also one of the more successful read that as non-terrifying additions in the 30s parades. It also, by the way, was a backup balloon because the original balloon was destroyed in a warehouse fire and rebuilt just a week before the parade. Mickey 2 debuted in 1972 and flew the parade until 1983. Again, it had to contend with tragedy as it was produced and ready for the 1971 parade, but weather meant that no balloons actually flew that year, the only time in parade history that ever happened. Mickey 3, aka band leader Mickey, debuted in 2000 and only appeared 
appeared in one parade, likely due to licensing issues. The most recent Mickey balloon was Sailor Mickey, which flew from 2009 to 2012 to promote the Disney Cruise Lines. So what has your Super Grover got? Where is your God now? Take it away. Um, so what I will say is at the time I found um, the original Mickey to be absolutely terrifying, and that's why I picked Grover. Hmm. Um, which, so I was amused when he said not terrifying because that's the, that's the rubric that he is the lowest common denominator, and they're even worse than that. So fascinating. He looks nothing like Mickey and he's terrifying and creepy and standing very tall and weird. Um, but go look at the other balloons from the 1920s and 30s parades. Wrong. Terrifying Nightmare like fuel. Dolls. Oh, that goldfish with yeah. the teeth. Haunted dolls. Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Um, but Super Rover was... A, a moment, and I will say that he it was only in four, four in four consecutive um, uh, parades in in the early aughts, which I'm shocked by because he was pivotal to my childhood. But whatever, um, unless I'm forgetting when he came out, uh, he is one of those. And Chris was talking about this. He's one of those superhero shaped ones. So he's on his stomach. He's stretched out 66 feet long, uh, takes up probably like half a city block. I don't, I don't know the scale. Um, I found him to be absolutely adorable. I thought it was finally due for him to show up and be in a freaking parade. And we got four years of him. Not enough, I think. And there's iterations of Super Grover we could, we could have had. This one's wearing a helmet. There's so many more opportunities. So I I understand why Mickey is so much more important. But I did love Super Grover and I wanted to defend him. You've defended him and right now he has the votes. Carissa, where are you on this? I'm with Super Grover. I'm not a Disney adult, but I am hella Sesame Street adult. Mm. <laughs> there, I guess that's not really a thing that exists, but I, I have built the Lego Sesame Street because I really love this IP. And I also couldn't believe that Super Grover didn't debut until like 2003 because he d was so pivotal to my childhood. And I just, Mickey doesn't resonate in the same way. It feels less personal. It's so universal. Everybody knows it but grover is sort of like my thing but also clearly a lot of our thing so grover's my pick here clearly yeah andrea where are you i am also sticking with super grover um Wild. i am not a mickey mouse fan i'm not i'm also not a disney adult i like i was on the pixar episode and pixar is about as far as i go love pixar everything else uh <laughs> Bob has said we need to wrap up. Um, Bob is personally offended by the, this entire argument. Um, but I would also like to point out that Super Grover is the only Sesame Street character to have been the Macy's a holiday ambassador. Um, haven't looked at Mickey's history, but you know, I think that's important to point out for the of uh, IP of Sesame. I do think there was one year where Mickey was, I think it was and the it was. Yeah. The band leader won. He was like the, the Macy's holiday ambassador, but that was like, yeah, he was the lead. But after that, it was just like, and, and now we're done with you. But okay, listen. So before before you go, Eric, I was going to say I was going to switch uh, to, to Mickey, but I do think that this is then Andrea's turn. Correct. To, so it's irrelevant. But I just want you to know I did switch. My family loves Mickey Mouse, so I can't like not stand for that. But you're sticking it so you can preserve your, your tiebreaker for a future argument. That's ooh, the type of spike ooh, that we love. Ooh, in no, the great I, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm picking Mickey Mouse so that Andrea has oh, used it. Okay. This is some <laughs> survivor style shit. <laughs> strategy. I, I love it. Strategy in the last year, I didn't have any strategy before that. <laughs> so, Andrea, you're going. You're pushing Super Grover forward. <laughs> yeah, I am. All right. Thanks, Joelle. <laughs> Andrea tie breaks it and Super Grover moves into round two. All right. So next, a unanimous victory for one seed Kermit the Frog, who, much like the wins in the 1997 parade, made for a total blowout against four seed Barney the Dinosaur. Oh, the humanity. Go watch that clip if you have not. It's pretty great. The panel is evenly split between two brightly colored cartoon icons, three seed SpongeBob SquarePants and two seed Garfield. Andrea, tell the people who live in a pineapple under the sea why SpongeBob remains a big deal. Carissa, defend Garfield with the intensity that he brings to hating Mondays, but loving lasagna. Andrea, you go first. Yeah, I'm uh, picking SpongeBob here. Um, you know, just because I think he's a really fun balloon. He's very bright and saturated. We don't have a lot of those throughout the parade, honestly. Um, and he's 
one of, I would say like maybe a quarter to a half of this bracket still has like new content coming out, but SpongeBob still has new episodes coming out today. today. I don't know how many seasons he has, but he's probably one of the longest running cartoons at this point. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't think of many other characters from the recent, uh, from the uh, last couple of decades that have gotten as big and ubiquitous as SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, he's up there with Bugs Bunny, with Mickey Mouse, with Garfield even. Um, I think he's a really tough competitor for being a household name. Um, And I don't know if you've watched recent episodes of SpongeBob, but that is another cartoon that uh, is very accessible for adults and their children. Um, So everyone's happy when SpongeBob shows up. Um, uh, Garfield hates Mondays kind of in the same way that I hate Garfield. So (laughs) I just, I've never been a Garfield fan. It was like whenever Garfield came on when I was a kid, I was like boring switch channel. Um, and I don't know why I just, I don't like Garfield. I like SpongeBob. This is a really, uh, compelling argument. I know. (laughs) that is the point of this episode it is like so personal in a way that many of ours are not like these are not facts mostly making these decisions these are guts the 80s child in me was stung as as, as a kid who i can't even tell you how many unpaid uh fees i had for the library for having the garfield treasuries overdue for many many weeks uh but carissa talked to us about garfield yeah i think this is where uh the generation divide comes into play because i was also an 80s child and watched so much garfield it was appointment television for saturday mornings for us and i always read the funny pages you know the the color insert uh cartoons in the sunday paper but garfield was in the parade a lot he did uh the original guy who is built much like clifford he is long and low and in a cat pose um was ran in the parade from 84 to 89 and then 92 to 99 he had a lot of accidents he had <laughs> Paws punctured by trees, two paws be- deflated. Once his tail deflated, and Katie Kirk said he was becoming a bobcat. <laughs> um, he had the honor of preceding Santa in 1984, which was his very first debut. Like, come on, that's like that's like prom queen your freshman year. Like, how yeah. does that happen? <laughs> supporting legends. That's uh, all I have to say. <laughs> he was named a veteran balloon in 1997, and still did. Two more parades, although one he actually didn't do because right, I think in 98, like his inner thing, like burst right before he was supposed to go. So they, they surreptitiously deflated him on the sidelines and he never actually went. And I really just feel bad for those handlers, honestly, who like didn't get to walk. Um, But then he (laughs) made a valiant, right? He made a valiant return in 2003 with Pookie in an upright pose as a separate balloon of the same guy. So... I don't know, man. This I think this is the difference between eighties kids and later than eighties kids. And so I'm going with Sponge or with Garfield here because I've never watched a SpongeBob episode, actually. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Joelle, where are you on this one? Well, oddly enough, I've also never watched a SpongeBob episode, but I'm still for SpongeBob because I think it has legend status so quickly. Garfield came, went, came, went. Um, whereas SpongeBob has been going strong since 2004 he only had one year off so i'm i'm with spongebob even though i've literally never watched a show garfield was hanging in the window of every 1980s station wagon for this level of disrespect I that's what i have to say garfield i watched garfield and friends and like those the, the stupid egg thing that walked around with the yes i loved i love gar i read the comic strips i'm obsessed with but spongebob is like nah it it, it, it just superseded it and here's the thing. I actually am going to switch my vote to SpongeBob here. And I say it, it pains me to do so. It pains me to do so. But here's what SpongeBob, and I think Andrea alluded to this. SpongeBob debuted like late 90s, early 2000s, right? Uh, and when did the balloon appear? It was, it was like early 2000s. Shortly after, like within a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. He came on hard. He came on fast. And the tremendous staying power of SpongeBob is something that I can only aspire to in my personal life. <laughs> oh um, my like, he has never not been relevant. He is a meme machine 
for the millennials. The number of SpongeBob memes that I see on a daily basis, like they cannot get enough. And I think a part of that is like getting a, a balloon in the Macy's Day Parade is a big deal for a character. And, it, and as we've alluded, it's taken some of them decades to get one. SpongeBob is almost instant and he has never waned. So I actually think he is the right choice here versus Garfield, which speaks to me as a legacy balloon, but SpongeBob has cross-generational appeal. So I am going to give it to SpongeBob here. Sorry, Carissa, I've abandoned you. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Next, the majority of the panel is feeling responsible for moving four seed Smokey Bear, but Carissa is the sole vote for Eternal Everyman Charlie Brown to one seed. Carissa, here's a nickel. The doctor is in. Tell us who hurt you and is making you vote for Chuck. I will explain why only we can prevent a scandal by moving forward, Smokey. Carissa, you go first. I do not understand this at all. I don't know why I am the sole chooser of this for so many reasons, but this is a peanuts balloon. This is a two parter people. This is like next level ballooning. They're like, Oh, hold my beer. There's two of us. Like think of the potential. It is Charlie Brown chasing the football down the street. This is the most adorable thing. There's so many people involved in this. It is peanuts. Like he is the ideal figure to turn into this. He is so round and like not angular. Even his little fingers are just I'm, like, I'm sitting right here, Carissa. <laughs> so it's adorable and also he um so this balloon didn't debut until 2002 and did a run from 02 through 05 and then again in 2012 but it led the parade its very first year again like basically being on prom court as a freshman i don't know you're not before santa so maybe you're not the prom queen but you're in the front um we don't see charlie brown as much as maybe we would because they alternate him with snoopy so i think we if uh i don't we will talk about all of the iterations of snoopy at some point but Um, If we didn't have all of the adorable Snoopies, we would probably have more Charlie Brown and also two-part balloon, y'all. I don't understand why this is not so novel for all of you. I am delighted by this whole concept. So please convince me to try and vote for this shirtless hairy bear. Well, first of all, you took my argument, but you also also (laughs) took your own argument away because literally the reason I did not vote for Charlie Brown primarily is we already have Charlie Brown at home, but that Charlie Brown is Snoopy and Snoopy is by far the superior Macy's Day parade balloon. And if I had to vote for one, two parts, though, two parts, Snoopy has Woodstock with him. He doesn't need two parts. He's the HBIC. He does have Woodstock as as a second part. As a secondary balloon, actually. Yeah. Yeah. For some of the balloons he does but so for me like i was like i don't need two different peanuts balloons here and snoopy is the reason for the season i mean besides santa besides jesus besides andy williams besides mariah carey like <laughs> snoopy's why we're here um charlie to me is, is the f but let me talk about smoky bear because he's actually a fascinating story so while the character had appeared in the parade for several years prior to the balloons debut in 1966 as a walking character the cooperative forest fire prevention program which is the government agent for which Smokey serves as a mascot, finally went forward with a full balloon because GE, which owned NBC at the time, produced a primetime musical special called The Ballad of Smokey Bear that debuted that year in 1966 on Thanksgiving night. I swear to you, it's fascinating. We act like corporate synergy as something new, but this was the 1960s. It ultimately worked, and Smokey appeared in 16 consecutive parades, being retired in 1981. He made a return in the 1993 parade to celebrate the character's 50th anniversary and then Smokey 2 debuted in 2019 and has flown in every viable parade since. As a self-proclaimed bear myself, I celebrate the visibility Smokey brings to my community. He is thick, he is constantly shirtless, and he knows how to wear a hat. You better work, King. That is my my reason for voting for Smokey. Where are you on this, Andrea? I'm sticking with Smokey Bear. Um, nothing instilled the fear of forest fires in me quite like Smokey Bear did. Um, Chuck did nothing for me. He had the pumpkin patch, which was great, I guess. But, you know, Smokey Bear was just, he is one of those educational icons that no one was ever upset about seeing. It wasn't like a, a, a dare type thing, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, Smokey. 
also like maybe we need to bring Smokey back in a more powerful way given the number of forest fires we're dealing with lately like <laughs> Canada do you need to borrow Smokey Bear because I think maybe you do after 2023 uh where are you on this Joel? um so I was almost going to switch to Charlie Brown because I was like, yeah, why did I leave? He is so part of my childhood. Uh, the second iteration, by the way, is him tangled up in a kite. That is yes. adorable. It um, is. <laughs> but, so many strings. But <laughs> there's a reason he wasn't introduced till 2002. And there's a reason he's already gone. And I, maybe he'll come back. But we know about Snoopy. Can't not talk about Snoopy. Smokey the Bear came back. He's been back for the last four years. That's amazing. That's all. Smokey. So did that, that, do you understand the arguments for and against Smokey Bear now, Carissa? I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but just you're not into bears, I, you know. <laughs> Suit yourself. All right. So that's three votes for Smokey. He will advance into round two. Sorry, Charlie Brown. Once again, you will not get that football. Fair Finally, enough. in round one, two iconic yellow superstars are tied in the votes. Three seed Big Bird and two seed Pikachu. Andrea, explain why you want to continue to follow that bird into round two. Joelle, explain why you choose Pikachu as your parade starter Pokemon. Joelle, you can go first. Alrighty. Well, um, I will start by saying Big Bird was just never my favorite character. Like everyone was my favorite above Big Bird. Even his imaginary friend I like better than him. I I do I do think Big Bird has a lot of history, but Pikachu is very similar to SpongeBob in that he came and he stayed. And he's been there ever since. He's been there for 23 years. I didn't know I was that old that Pikachu's been around for 23 years. There's been four iterations of him. There's the adorable flying Pikachu, the original. There's the one where, you'll like this, Carissa, he's chasing the ball down the 34th Street or whatever. Uh, I do like that one. There's Mm -hmm. the cute one that was designed in 2014 where he's holding a little little snowman Pikachu and he's wearing a friggin' scarf and he's adorable. And the latest iteration finally has female representation in a friggin' balloon. Have you noticed, by the way, there are Mm. no ladies in these balloons. I went through the entire history of all... All the things, and I looked for ladies or or female presenting characters of some kind. I found like less than ten percent of wow. all the balloons in history were some sort of female, and that I mean, our our bracket had one Hello Kitty, and we didn't even talk about her. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. that just it just says something about the culture. I don't blame us, but it's sad, and the fact that they brought Evie in, I think that's great. I think that's a little bit more diversity than they had before in a balloon who knew we needed it um yeah and yeah he's he's pikachu he's so iconic he's so cute and i just like him more than big bird excellent arguments uh andrea talk to us about big bird i'll talk about big bird a little bit but i am think i'm gonna ultimately switch to pikachu honestly um because i'm just looking at the bracket and we have a lot of jim henson representation which is great well deserved um but to give credit where credit is due big bird another one of those truly household characters. Um, And he's one of the only, maybe very few Sesame Street characters that has appeared in every Thanksgiving Day Parade in some capacity since his Hmm. debut. Um, Hmm. He's either as a balloon on the float and character in uh, any sort of like musical events. He's been at every single one since he showed up. Um, But that being said, a lot of Jim Henson, a lot of Sesame Street. Pikachu is super uh, popular amongst all adults and children, even today. He's another one of those characters where, um, you know, our generations, the 80s and 90s kids and the kids of today that are, you know, playing Minecraft and Fortnite, they're still playing Pokemon, too. Um, it's It hasn't died out and it hasn't lost its steam and I don't see it losing steam. Yeah, I agree with that. Carissa, where are you? I am a Disney, or I am not a Disney adult, and I am not a Pokemon adult. I am a Sesame Street adult, so I will be firm in my Big Bird pick. Even with the two balloon argument? Even with the two balloon argument. And it's a Big Bird, I have the Lego Big Bird, man. I built this house. Like, it's a little bird's nest. It's very cute. I love Big Bird. I don't think the Big Bird balloon was great. I, I think it kind of looked derpy. 
Um, and I know there's been a couple different iterations of it, but I, I think Big Bird works better on the float. We haven't really talked about floats. I think that's a, a whole different debate. Um, we made that decision, but I, th- I think Big Bird is enough of a visual icon that he works street level better than he works as a balloon. And also, he's so long that like he's he has to be impossible to wrangle. But he, he, yeah, he tilts forward as you as you carry him around. It's it's he's yeah. very awkward. That's yeah. all. That's all fair. It's hard to be tall, man. It is right. Exactly. So, so I hear. Um, I don't remember how I initially voted, but I am going to be voting for poke, Pokemon. Yeah. I'm going to be voting for Pikachu here, or as I used to torment my nephew with Team Pizza Chew. Um, so, uh, Andrea, did you decide to to switch to Pikachu? I am switching to Pikachu. All right, so Pikachu will go to next round. And that's it for the end of round one. We're going to take a quick break so we can base the turkey. And yes, that is 100% a double entendre. We'll be right back after these messages. Happy holidays from the crew at the Great Pop Culture Debate. While you're running around buying gifts for all the people you love, or at least are obligated to tolerate, why not do something nice for yourself? Specifically, become a Patreon supporter of the Great Pop Culture Debate today. It's like a stocking full of treats. You'll get even more exclusive content, merch, and at the higher levels, you get to join the podcast Discord server, get shoutouts by name in future episodes, and even listen in as we record specific topics. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and tiers start as low as $5 per month. Make a last-minute play to get on Santa's nice list by becoming a subscriber at patreon.com backslash debate today. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we are back for round two of our best Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade Balloon Debate. Before we get into the Elite Eight, I want our panelists to share their social media and also let us know your first memory or your most important memory watching the parade. I'm going to start with you, Andrea. Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter or X or whatever the bleep it is these days. This is a PG episode. So um, mm-hmm. I'm also on Blue Sky, um, both of them as Dre Souffle. Um that's about all the social media that I have these days. And if we're going to talk about favorite parades, I'm going to have to go with the 2013 parade. Um, only because of the Detroit lions that day. Um, so I'm in Michigan. So I'm unfortunately a Detroit lions fan, except for this year, they're having a (laughs) phenomenal season. Um, and then every Thanksgiving they play usually one of our regional, uh, rivals and the green Bay Packers are like the number one rival for the Detroit lions. And for 2013, the, uh, Packers were, talking a lot of smack about the Lions defense. We had had a awful, uh, 10, 20, 30 year run. Um, so it was really nice when we came out swinging and the Lions ended up being them 40 to 10, um, super satisfying, super gratifying. All that being said, the only reason why I remember that parade is because of the football game from later that day. <laughs> um, but looking at the lineup of the parade, <laughs> um, it had a lot of the characters that we're talking about on this episode. It had SpongeBob, it had Pikachu, it had Spider-Man. Um, you know, it was a very solid Macy's Day parade and had everything you could want. Awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Joelle, what's your social and uh, what's your like parade memory? Uh, So for social, you're welcome to follow my other podcast, The Pocket Pod, on all the places where 
socials are found um, or, you know, listen to my other podcast called Pocket Pod. Um, mm-hmm. For my favorite parade memory, I was just racking my brain trying to figure out what year we went to see it in person. My dad had gotten some sort of special tickets where we sat on the bleachers, like by the bandstand uh, in Herald Square. Dream. Willard Scott was like right there. Um, the fact that I knew who Willard Scott was at age five just tells you how important the parade was to me even then. Um, we couldn't, we, my brothers and I couldn't remember what year it was. So by po- process of elimination, it wasn't snowing and it was very cold. And I found the weather in Central Park during that period of time, Thanksgiving every year. And I figured out it was 1988. The best you are the thing. best. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like I was, someone should have paid me for the forensic research I did. Yeah. Um, uh, 1988 was the first year of the Quick Bunny, Pink Panther, and mm. the Snoopy and Woodstock separate balloon. Wow. Um, Downey the Snuggle Bear was there. Mm-hmm. Downey Snuggle... No. Yeah. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The Snuggle about. Bear. The Snuggle <laughs> Bear from Downey. Um, it was also the first year for the Big Bird we just talked about in the last round. Um, and this was the last year for Baby Shamu. So mm. it was a really important year for balloons. I don't remember yep. much else because balloons were my favorite, but I also had to look all that up because I was five. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's still amazing. I'm so uh, like, that's been a dream to see the parade, but it is a logistical pain in the butt together. I live in New York and um, it's a nightmare. So yeah. Awesome. Carissa, your socials and any parade memories? <laughs> Well, you can find me on Instagram at Carissa Kloss, but if you actually want to talk to me, you should become a Patreon and find me in our Discord where I'm very, very active on several many streams with all of the people on this episode, including our producer, Bob. Um, For parades, honestly, I just really love a parade. The Macy's Parade is appointment television for me every year. I love the marching bands. I love the performances. I love everything about it. For balloons, I just, it's the ones that you've been hearing me talk about. I gravitate toward the Sesame Street characters and the 80s cartoons like Garfield and such that we grew up with. So it's, this is a very nostalgia heavy episode for me. Likewise. So um, you can find me at Eric Resniak on Twitter and Instagram. That's E-R-I-C-R-E-Z as in zebra, S as in snake, N as in Nancy, Y-A-K. Or just message at Great Pop Culture Debate on Insta or at GPCD on Mastodon. We need to set up Blue Sky. And if you're listening, you should find us on Blue Sky. Uh, we should be on there by now. Um, I don't have a specific parade memory, but I will say that I it was something that I made sure to watch every year as much as I could uh, as our parents were putting us through our child labor paces on Thanksgiving Day, uh, cleaning and cooking for the massive amount of people we had in our very small house. Um, but it was uh, the this type of thing that like, it just felt special from a very early age. That show every year, it, there is something magical about it. And even as an adult, I will park my butt on the couch. I will live tweet it. Um, it is something that is very special to me. And I'm so delighted to be doing this episode, especially with all of you. So with that being said, let's move on to round two so that we can begin the annual defrosting of Mariah Carey. First, the majority of the panel wants to push one seed Snoopy into the semifinals, but Andrea is ready to charge in defense of four seed Bullwinkle. Andrea, what? Why do you call bull on Snoopy moving forward? Joel, have a Snoopy take out Bullwinkle as easily as he downed the Red Baron. I'll have Andrea go first. Yeah, so like I said before, Bullwinkle is just one of those characters that I have very early memories of, um, very nostalgia-driven for me. Um, And out of who's left on this bracket, other than him and Smokey Bear, he's the only one that's not a part of like a big franchise. I guess you could throw Clifford into that category too um but he's kind of a standalone character compared to most of the characters on this bracket and you know that's really impressive um and even with smoky bear you know he had the advantage of government ad funding bullwinkle did not have that um so i just i think it's really impressive that he's made it this far that he's still remembered and revered by people that still watch the parade and respect it. And, um, you know, if you go read the comments on the fandom wiki, the, there's a lot of Bullwinkle stands out there. Um, so yeah, I just got to give him props for his staying power for being kind of his own entity out there. 
He is part of the Hanna-Barbera universe, but I mean, the Hanna-Barbera universe is, I mean, that's not really relevant for, I think maybe like the last thing I can think of was like uh, Wacky Racers. That That's like the last Hanna-Barbera thing I can remember. Although they are featured in the Islands of Adventure at Universal Studios in Florida. But I digress. Joelle, talk to us about Snoopy. Oh, Snoopy. Snoopy, Snoopy. I love Snoopy. Um, my entire childhood literally revolved around Snoopy. Um, Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, I'm sure was there too, but it was all about Snoopy. Like you should see everything in my old bedroom. Um, so we have a bias already, but Snoopy is an actual legend of this event. He has had one, two, three, eight different iterations. He has barely taken any years off in 55 years. He's done 43 appearances and actually, sorry, nine variants. I missed one. Um, he was designed by some of the great legend designers, Manfred Bass, um, Bill Ludwig, and Jennifer Palmer in more recent. She's been doing all the cool ones. She's been doing like Pikachu and she did Grover. Um, I've learned all about the designers during this research, by the way. I'm a stand for all the designers. Um, uh, the, I think one of the best things that came out of Snoopy was when they figured out how to get Woodstock in there uh, and they started adding him in. Uh, first it was the separate Woodstock and then he was just there. He's like on his hat, he's hanging out, they're flying together. Um, another really cool thing, the first iteration of Snoopy was two different iterations. They just added a little adornment to him. He started as aviator Snoopy and then they changed his hat a little bit, gave him a little like zipper thing and a little badge thing. And now he's astronaut Snoopy. Very economical. I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the only other thing I will say is that he continues. He has a brand new uh, balloon coming out this year because of Apple TV Plus is keeping Snoopy alive. And Camp Snoopy is coming out, apparently. And Sc Beagle Scout Snoopy, celebrating 50 years of Beagle Scouts, will be the newest balloon. Adorable. Thank you very much. I do have one quick question. Did you have the Snoopy snow cone maker as a child? I bet I didn't because that sounds expensive. Uh, all right. <laughs> Carissa, uh, where are you on this one? I am definitely with Snoopy and I am happy to report that I do own the Snoopy snow cone oh. maker. Thank you to the podcast oh. boys, specifically Derek Makita, who I love with my whole heart, um, who gifted me the one thing I never got in my childhood. So <laughs> thank you, boys. And definitely Snoopy all the way here he's so cute you're the, the jealousy it is taking me back to the 1980s all right um <laughs> that being said i'm sticking with snoopy here bullbeagles had a great run yeah. andrea and he is a uh, uh, colossal he's a giant literally among balloons but snoopy's yeah. the answer and he's a, and bullwinkle's a two seed and i think that's awesome and i happily accept that Excellent. Next, it's Scholastic versus Sesame Street as Clifford the Big Red Dog, a one seed, is currently up against Super Grover, a three seed. We've talked about these enough, but uh, I'm going to go around the horn. Uh, Carissa, Clifford versus uh, Super Grover, who are you going with? My heart is rending itself in half, but I am. Much like the balloons in the winds. I am choosing Super Grover here. You are wild. Uh, Joelle, where are you? I can't believe you just said that. I, I literally thought I heard you say Clifford, and then I <laughs> realized you didn't. I'm 100% with Clifford the Big Red Dog for all the reasons Carissa told us about earlier. I'm still with Clifford the Big Red Dog. Andrea, where are you? Oh, boy. I'm uh, with Super Grover. <gasps> He's my preferred Jim Henson character that's left on this bracket, so I would prefer that he move forward versus who we're going to talk about next. <laughs> um, I am not particularly fond of, I, well, let me put it, I'm, I'm equally fond of these characters, but I'm just not particularly fond of either one of them. Carissa's argument in round one on the specialness of, of Clifford and, and its size is what is really selling me here, which means we are tied. I believe, Joelle, you are the tiebreaker. It's me. So, it's me. It's me. Clifford. Thank you. Clifford is advancing into round three. Andrea, the tiebreaker because I'm always late in the alphabet. This is amazing. <laughs> Well, I'm never coming back to the show again. Thank you for having me. It's been great. You're Amy piloting the Macy's Parade episode. I love it. Uh, 
next, another unanimous victory as one seed Kermit the Frog, who didn't need a rainbow connection to leapfrog over SpongeBob SquarePants, a three seed, will make our final four. Finally in round two, A Cautionary Tale and Smokey Bear, a four seed versus Personified Electric Youth in two seed Pikachu. Again, we've talked about both of these enough. I'm going to go around the horn. I'm going to start this time with Andrea. Where are you? Uh, when it comes to supporting um, pseudo anime versus government funded characters, I got to go with Pikachu. All right. Uh, Joelle, where are you on this one? Again, I didn't think you were going to go there. Um, I'm going with Pikachu as well. I think he is just the, the stronger character, which is odd because he doesn't have the muscles, but you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thick, thick king. Uh, Carissa, where are you? I'm with Pikachu here because this is part spite vote since Smokey <laughs> took out Charlie Brown. And also, uh, I do appreciate a two-part balloon and like the Snoopy Woodstock is one and Pikachu has a variation that is also two-parters. So um, several faceted Pikachu choice for me here. And I will make it a clean sweep for Pikachu. I love Smokey, as I talked about in the last round, but um, he's a four seed. Pikachu is a two seed. And I do think that he has more um, universal appeal at this point in his career. So uh, that is it. We have our final four. We're going to take another quick break to practice our kick line so that we can join the Rockettes. We will be right back after these messages. And we are back with the final four of our best Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon debate. Ooh, that's a mouthful. At this point in the show, I always like to take a step back and see if our final four matches up with what I figured. We have one seed Snoopy versus one seed Clifford the Big Red Dog, one seed Kermit the Frog versus two seed Pikachu. So from a seeding perspective, it makes sense. But our, our, on the break, our panels were saying they're kind of shocked that Clifford made it. Um, talk to me about that. Uh, Joelle, you actually aren't surprised. You, you actually think it makes perfect sense that he's here. I do. I like when I thought about the parade, like Clifford came to mind really quickly. I don't know why. I think it's just from that era. I was seven years old when he was released. It was kind of a big deal. Um, I do think it's interesting that the final four, we do span quite a few decades that Snoopy started in 1968. Clifford is from the early nineties. Kermit's from the seventies and Pikachu, the early aughts. So we, I think we've done a good job of spreading them out. We don't have any of the recent ones. I don't think Grogu has been around long enough, but he'd be another one also with two. Uh, balloons, by the way. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to point out that we have a nice variety of ages here, which I think is really good. I don't think there's recency bias. If anything, I think there's a bias against recency in these picks, which makes sense since it's a primarily nostalgic debate. So we're going to go right into these final fours. We're going to go around the horn. One seed Snoopy versus one seed Clifford the Big Red Dog. I'm going to start with Andrea. Where are you? First, I would like to go submit a name change so my name doesn't start with an A anymore, and I don't have to be the first person out here. Um, I am going with Clifford. I'm just not a... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is his name? I'm not a Snoopy fan. I'm not a Charlie Brown fan. It's just never been my franchise. Uh, I have a lot... Uh, more memories with Clifford and like we talked about earlier he is technically the most realistic balloon on this bracket and I don't think we should ignore that fact great argument all right Joel, where are you I'm very much still with Snoopy for all the reasons I said in the last round okay special. Carissa yeah I'm with Snoopy here and it wouldn't even just be one iteration he has several that I think are top tier balloon um designs ideas cuteness factor all of that so definitely with snoopy here you will have given me a much bigger appreciation for clifford through this episode so thank you for that <laughs> it was not something that was part of my childhood um but that being said snoopy is universal i think of of pretty much any balloon here not to tip my hand i think he's got the legacy he has the variation and he has a level of appeal like everybody knows who snoopy is and i'm not sure everybody knows who clifford is so that's that's why i'm going with snoopy and he will advance to the final two it's one seed kermit the frog who we've barely talked about versus two seed pikachu not necessarily universal backwards in the uh, uh alphabetical rankings carissa where are you i gotta pick kermit here i am a sesame street adult and i think um He's a really great balloon. So Kermit. Joel. Um, 
I thought I'd be torn on this one because Kermit's, you know, Kermit. Um, but he just doesn't have this, like, I guess he was around for 22 years with just two balloons, but like, he doesn't, he, he doesn't stick out to me for some reason. Um, hmm. I don't know what, what that's all about. Um, he's, he's had his own fair share of wild accidents, so that should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think they could do more with Kermit, like bring other characters in something. I guess he's better on a float. Maybe that's what we were talking about earlier. Um, so yeah, I'm actually weirdly, I don't even play Pokemon. I'm sticking with Pikachu. Fascinating. <laughs> Andrea, where are you on this one? I'm in the same boat. I honestly, like going into this, I was like, oh, Kermit, but... I I think I'm going with Pikachu. Um, you know, Kermit's had a really good run. He's a super iconic character. But just looking forward into the future, I I don't think we're done with Pikachu even a little bit. I think Pikachu is going to be in the parade for the next 20 years at least. Um, and I can't say the same for Kermit. So this is actually really interesting because I do think anyone, and I consider myself a Muppet fan, will agree that Disney is having a really hard time figuring out what to do with the Muppets franchise in the past two decades. They keep having these false starts and it just doesn't click it it like over and over and over again. Um, From a strictly aesthetic point of view, I love the Kermit balloon. I think it's very different from any other balloon in the parade. It's gangly, it's long, but it's perfectly Kermit. Like it is evocative of the, of what I think of it's perfect in its Kermitness. Um, But from a longevity and um, universal appeal perspective, I suspect that today's children really, if they know who Kermit is, are not super enthused about him the way they probably are about Pikachu. Um, And I I do think that's an interesting point to argue, like are Kermit's best days behind him and Pikachu is continuing this, like, I don't want to use the term juggernaut, but I'm going to use it. He's a, he's a pop culture juggernaut and he has already been for over two decades. And we have to acknowledge that. Um, I'm still voting with Kermit here, which would give us a split decision. And Carissa, you are the tiebreaker. So you make the determine, determination of who's ended up in the final two. I'm going to put forward Kermit here. The the roundness and the skinniness, the gangliness of his balloon, like just from a just from a filling perspective, must be a feat. I learned a little bit about how they made these in doing my research, and it sounds like they're really complicated. There's a lot of internal chambers and sectioned off things to try and avoid the Barney uh, fiasco um, from happening. I mean, stuff still happens, but um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, as somebody who's interested in uh, the way that things go together and are manufactured and how they work, um, Kermit fascinates me. So putting him forward, sorry, uh, young millennials. Are you old Gen Z? I don't know. <laughs> uh, non, um, what are we? Um, Oregon Trail generation people. Yes, there you go. Um, so that gives us a final two of one seed Snoopy versus one seed Kermit the Frog. Uh, a battle of who could care less for Andrea Guerrero, who didn't want either one of them here. Um, with that being said, let me start in the middle of the pack with Joelle Kermit versus Snoopy. Who is our winner? I would not be invited to Thanksgiving this year if I did not select Snoopy. It is Snoopy. Okay. Um, Carissa, where are you on this one? Yeah, as much as I just stumped for Kermit, uh, it's Snoopy here for me. Andrea, this is very important. A decision you don't care about, but you are going to have an important role in making. The people want to know. (laughs) I'm going with Kermit the Frog here. Um, Kermit the Frog, actually. Again, another one that needs respect on the name. Yep, thank Um, you. I think just uh, from a legacy perspective, you know, when I picture Kermit and his balloon, I'm filled with more joy than I am when I see Snoopy. Um, plus, I I think at this point in the bracket, we do kind of have to think about how the characters play an impact in the parade as a whole. We see Kermit mm-hmm. more than just a balloon. He is out there dancing and singing, and um, the actual Muppet is there. Um, we don't really see that with Snoopy. Like, I'm sure there's someone in a little Snoopy costume, but Snoopy doesn't talk doesn't sing doesn't dance he just wobbles around um so for that reason i go with kermit great arguments and i will also say um from an eye-catching perspective kermit has the edge here because he's gigantic he's bright green like he, he makes an impact um i'm still giving it to snoopy i'm sorry andrea um i, I just think he has like literally from the 1960s we're now coming up on 
65 years of Snoopy. Is that sound about right? Like 55. In the parade, but as a character. Yeah, 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 much Like, he would be um, going for AARP membership, right? (laughs) Like, there is a generational appeal to him. And as you pointed out, Joelle, like, he's got a new cartoon coming on Apple TV+. Plus. Like, there, and and I think that the Muppets have had a harder time continuing their legacy. Um, I just think between the multiple, you said nine different iterations for Snoopy, between the um, probably six or seven generations of, of having a resonance with, um, I give it to Snoopy here. Um, sorry, Andrea, but um, you're our Charlie Brown of this particular bracket. We're, we're going to keep taking that football. And there you have it. Our pick for the best Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon is Snoopy. Do you agree? Do you think we need to have better handlers to keep us from drifting off course? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Mastodon. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear what new debates are coming soon, vote in open polls, and even decide on which topics we tackle next. If you really enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to like and rate the episode of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen on. I want to say thank you to my panel. You're the star dishes in any Thanksgiving dinner. And thank you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and get episodes a whole day early. We hope you have a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. Oh my gosh, it's Santa! Santa! 